0: Hello, and welcome to the Flowering She Rose podcast. My name is Anna, or for the purpose of this podcast, Anahita, bearer of roses. I'm here to bridge plant and human consciousness as we gather in this virtual garden and explore how plants can help us awaken our feminine essence. It's my prayer that these personal stories, transmissions, and medicine music may remind you of the sacredness of this magical life and the power that lies in your intuitive nature. When was the last time your skin was covered in mud and your entire body kissed by the sun? What if our awakening was just a sensual forest bath away, an ecstatic union with nature? In today's episode, my guest Christina Louise and I talk about how earth-based awakening and the playful sensual energies of the fairy realms can help us deepen our intimacy on all levels, not just with the living world around us, but also with ourselves and in our interhuman relationships. Christina Louise is a multi-trained and multidimensional healing arts practitioner, embodiment mentor, herbalist, and alchemist. Christina loves working in the realms of relationship and sacred sexuality and has a strength for helping her clients deepen their own sacred marriage, so the union of masculine and feminine inside. Her most refined work is in helping women to connect deeply to their feminine essence, the soul of the earth and nature, their own inner guidance and guides in the unseen, and the junctions where these sources of wisdom interconnect. Christina's launching her new course, She Alchemy, Fairies, Sex, and Relationships in a few days, and we'll be talking more about it on today's show. This course is for those courageous and mischievous enough to dive deep into the realms of fairy and Gaia magic, sensuality, sex, intimacy, relationship, and eros and ecstatic union with nature. She alchemy is actually spelled S-I-D-H-E, and the she are, is actually an, an old Irish word for a certain type of fairies. And the name of this podcast, which I haven't shared yet, but Flowering She Rose. The word she does not only refer to the divine feminine rising within each of us, but this year when I was on a retreat in Avalon, a woman from Ireland mentioned that word for fairies is she and it just clicked for me because I too carry fairy energy and I just knew that that was also part of the medicine of this podcast and also what this she referred to. Christina is offering a coupon code for her course to everybody who is signed up on our Patreon starting at the $5 a month level So if you listen to the show and love her work and love the course and want to join, there's going to still be some time to sign up. It's a seven week self-paced course and she's offering 10% off of the course or 20% off of one-on-one sessions with her. So you'll find the link to all of that in the show notes. Before we dive in, I have one more announcement, which is that I'm now offering Flowering she readings. These are remote energy healing sessions where I use my training as a Reiki master and my gift of attuning to plant spirits and becoming a vessel for them and um, recording an audio file for you to listen to as I'm channeling the insights. And it includes the plants, spirits that are currently on your side and wanting to help you and work with you. It includes specific questions for you to contemplate, ideas for how to further deepen your relationship with the plants, and also all kinds of other guidance and insights that I receive on your behalf in the process. And you can book a reading on my website, floweringshe.com. And for now, I invite you to come dive into the realms of the fairies and earth-based sensual awakening with Christina and I. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the Flowering She Rose podcast. I'm really glad you're here and that we'll all get to learn more about your course today.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited to
0: be here today. Before we dive in, I just wanted to... Give all of us a moment to arrive in this shared virtual container. And so I'd like to invite you all to take a breath, feel into your heart space and into your body, calling in the presence of nature spirits that want to guide us in this conversation today. May we be vessels for their cosmic intelligence and their earthly intelligence. And may you, dear listeners, take what serves your highest good at this point and discard the rest and have fun in the process. (laughs) Christina, in your latest newsletter, you wrote that you've always felt like you speak more in plant than in human. Could you share more about your intimate connection with the plants and the fairies in your childhood?
1: Yes I would love to really nature is how I found my way into my connection to the divine from a very young age and basically as soon as I could crawl and you know wanted to um, explore I I was outside. Most of my memories in my childhood were spent outside in the trees. We had like a little miniature forest in um, the backyard of my home, which was in a very suburban setting but yet there there was certainly, little patches of wilderness. And I found my way into all of them, you know, really climbing the trees, being out in the dirt and playing with the rocks and the flowers. And, uh, it really began as a, really as a tool for my healing, I would say, because, Um, There were aspects of my childhood that were difficult. And we could just say as simple as, you know, hearing my parents fight or challenges that were happening in their relationship, and I was a very sensitive being. And so the way that I dealt with that and navigated that was really immersing myself in nature. And working with my imagination, working with all of the different dimensions that I was accessing as a young child, although I didn't know that was what was happening, it was quite natural for me. It was just very innate to be out climbing the trees and I would spend hours in them. And looking back at that age, even you know from a very young age and really going all the way through my teenage years, at the time, you know, maybe I would say my parents would call them like imaginary friends, but really what was happening was I was communicating with beings beyond the veil. and they were very cl- like clearly visible to me um, as a child. They still are in many ways. And my gifts have developed differently since then, but I do have very clear memories of seeing different beings and speaking to them, communicating with them. And in some ways, I felt more at home, in those dimensions and realities communicating with those beings than I did in the human world from a very
0: young age. Wow. Did this intimate relationship with nature ever fade as you became an adult?
1: I I would say no, except there were a few years during my later teenage years into like very beginning of my 20s when I was in college where I kind of um, fell into the very stereotypical uh, expression of those those years of life of wanting to explore, you know, being a young adult. And I kind of got into um, what a lot of college students would as far as partying. And I, I was just, I, I kind of checked out. I was in a lot of pain emotionally. I didn't know how to deal with my sensitivities at that age. And so I really used um, men and, you know, substances and in. Really, it was mild compared to what some people I'm sure experienced in college, but I still had a few of my own years where I kind of got lost in, in the illusion of all of that and the seduction of it, really just to numb out and check out. And during that time, I was not as deeply connected because I, in some ways I could say I turned the knob down.
0: Mm-hmm. When did you consciously d- decide to make the fairy kingdoms and the plants and nature part of your life again, and also part of your professional path?
1: Really, you know, there's a longer story to it. But the shorter story is that um, when I was going through that time where I was disconnected, I had a healing crisis uh, around when I was 21. That was the impetus for both sort of a, a physical healing crisis and also a spiritual awakening And I was traveling in Germany. Um, Part of my mother's lineage is German. And so I was visiting family and I was also returning my grandmother's ashes to Germany because she had passed. And I had always made a vow that I would return her ashes to her homelands. And I hadn't been to Germany in 10 years from about when I was 11. So when I was 21, I went on a study abroad trip there, returned her ashes to her homeland and got some kind of staph infection or something like that. And they treated me for it. And I still, I started having very strange symptoms while I was traveling and came back to the States and my house just took a, a sudden turn for the worse. Very strange, indescribable symptoms and saw many different Western doctors and they couldn't help me. Um, they ran all the tests, everything came back normal. And I finally, you know, at that point was on so many different um, prescriptions that they had given me that I was just getting worse. And I was so fed up that I just took everything into my own hands and you know, got a bunch of books, started studying um, everything from herbalism to acupuncture to yoga to dietary changes. And I started seeing a holistic practitioner at that time. And um, it was actually a husband-wife practitioner team. During that time, I did reconnect with nature, especially through medicinal foods and herbs, and it just kind of started opening for me again. Um, and between that and seeing these practitioner uh, therapists that were helping me, my health shifted very dramatically in a very short period of time, and it was such a miraculous shift. And I had, to me, experienced what I consider true medicine, which is medicine that you know really holds. Within it, um, the realm of the spirit, the emotional body, um, constitutional factors, elemental factors. It's not just about um, diagnosing via symptoms and then giving someone a drug or you know offering them surgery. To me, it, it's so much deeper than that. And when I experienced that, it ignited my passion for holistic medicine. And I immediately did a 180 in what I had chosen as my career path and went back to school for holistic medicine. And, um, you know, there's definitely more to the story, but when I went back to acupuncture school, which was also herbalism and functional medicine, it was, it was a four-year program within a very short period of time. I had, um, a spiritual awakening when I started uh, doing healing work on people, my gifts reopened very rapidly and I found my way, um, to many different trainings and modalities, particularly flower and gem essences were, the path that reopened that connection very strongly. So I was in acupuncture school and I took a really amazing training, uh, flower essence training with a woman who had a really beautiful um, course. It was like an online course. And I, I can't remember how I stumbled across it, but when I found it, everything in me just lit up and I knew, okay, this feels like home to me, understanding the language of plant spirits, plant spirit medicine, Um, something about the flowers, communicating with the flowers. And again, had this huge shift in my work where I was suddenly much less um, excited about acupuncture. And I just wanted to be with the plants and give people flower essence prescriptions.
0: (laughs) Amazing. How funny that your story of initiation took you to Germany, where I live.
1: (laughs) Yes, my, my mother's side is German
0: my mother's side's American.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How perfect.
0: You're actually not the first person on this podcast to say that flower essences had an important role in um, reconnecting them with their true selves, especially at the beginning of their path. Yes.
1: Yeah, they, they've played a huge role and they still do. They still are a primary medicine that i use with my own clients and and with myself with my own healing process and they really have um changed the game for me because they they can work so deeply with energetics in a way that um other modalities cannot and because everything is energy to be able to have tools for healing on the energetic and emotional and spiritual level is so important in our in our day and age.
0: Mhm. I hear your connection to the herbs to holistic medicine and to the flowers and when did the fairy and the devic realms come into the picture and into your work
1: yeah well you know as far as the fairy world or fairy kingdom we could you know different people have different ways of referring to it but i just have so many memories throughout my life um Of communicating with very specific energies and beings beyond the veil that to me I know them by their energy and their frequency and how they feel in my body um, how they appear when I see them because I am very visionary in my own um, gifts and so I will receive visions I'll also receive feelings and so for me I have memories all the way to when I was a very young child of communicating with these beings and them just feeling so very familiar to me um, I read a lot of books when I was young, I had no idea why I was drawn to specific books. But I was very much outside of being in nature, I was a little bookworm, I had a huge collection. I'm just like thinking back to some of the books that I was reading at a very young age, um, particularly about fairies and mythology, and you know, the she and which I'll speak about at some point as well. And I, it's kind of amazing to me how some of that material and information and mythology was so advanced. But as a child, like I couldn't get enough of it. And as a teenager as well. So there was some part of me that always felt so connected to those realms. And on my father's side, there is um, Irish and Celtic lineage and heritage. And so we could say it's in my blood, but also I think on a soul level, there's such a remembrance in me um, of the fairy realms. And so I've had memories as well of even you know people throughout the course of my life always telling me that I have a fairy-like energy, um, and even before I really knew what that meant, I would just kind of smile and nod, and you know I've heard that before. Before I really immersed myself in actually understanding um, this this innate connection in my soul, and when I began going deeper in my esoteric studies, um, I was initiated into a mystery school lineage. And I have a very strong memory of that particular initiation that was um, a very strong turning point in my life. And I've had many different forms of initiations in in the past number of years. Um, This one, the the person who was holding the container for the initiation was certainly holding a very multidimensional container um, so that information could come through around what some people would refer to as a magical lineage which i i don't feel that i really have the authority to go super deep into that in this moment because it's also a little bit controversial to various um traditions and you know esoteric traditions and a lot there's some conflicting uh belief systems out there around these sorts of things but to simplify it you know a lot of us understand ourselves in mundane terms as you know as humans and then of course there are those of us who understand our magical aspects and our more multidimensional soul level essence. And not everyone has that understanding or vocabulary, but many of us who are very gifted and who um, have very special spiritual gifts do have a particular magical lineage, or there could be more than one we could say that we feel very connected to. And for me in this initiation, I was very new to that concept but i will never forget this experience um and i hold it very sacred to me and without going into detail the information that came through um a very powerful moment was that i have a very strong strong um connection to the fairy realms and to a specific a specific lineage magical lineage that is very connected to queen mob, or we could say uh, fairy queen vibration or frequency. So capacity to work in those realms that not all humans have. They're not all given um, that authority because there has to be a very strong level of discernment and respect to communicate with these beings um, in, in a true way. So all of that to say, when I had that initiation and I was given this information by the person who initiated me... Everything just it, it just made sense to me. It resonated very deep in my bones. I was crying. It was a very emotional initiation to receive that um, affirmation. And from that point forward, a lot of things began opening up for me in my life around that. A lot of things kind of fell into my lap, information and knowledge, mm-hmm. um, different teachers and mentors that guided me deeper into these realms and gave me more permission to explore this energy within myself and to really sort of admit to myself that I've always had the capacity to communicate with the fairy realms.
0: Mm-hmm. That is an amazing story of, of initiation and remembrance. I wonder how you would explain to an uninitiated person say what the fairy energy encompasses because i think that generally speaking when you hear the word fairy like the image that comes up is one of tinkerbell
1: i would definitely say that you know when i use the term fairy energy um i use it generally because yes it is it's something people can relate to through their own lens, but obviously, when I speak to that energy, that frequency and the beings that I connect to that within my own experience, it's a lot more encompassing than just say quote unquote fairies. and it's interesting because um, one thing that I'll say about it is that fairies have been a part of this planet almost since its beginning. and you know they they started out as a life form that existed and lived that sort of did their own thing, but We'll just say that maybe um, an easy way to put it is that a lot of that has shifted through time and dimension to where now it's like we find them in legend and myth and folklore from the very earliest times, but there's still a lot of mystery around it. Well, like, what are they exactly? And are they real? Or are they something that was an imaginary um, race that was created at a certain time and place? Um, when I speak to the She, this particular race Resemble humans in size and appearance. They're not tiny winged creatures. You know, many people call them the she, which even that in itself is not necessarily correct. The word is actually an Irish word that refers to the mounds that they um, they once believed that they lived in. So it's kind of a complex thing to speak about. But in Irish lore, you know, the she were descendants of pre Celtic inhabitants of Ireland, called people of the mounds. And they were actually members of a very powerful supernatural race, comparable to fairies and elves, but not quite the same. And so there's a lot of complexity and um, a a lot of interweaving uh, mythology that comes into play with this. And the challenge is that because a lot of things were um, in their truest ancient um, wisdoms were taken and interpreted in a certain way, That really distorted the truth. And so that is a part of the challenge is really when we start beginning to study what, you know, what is a fairy, what is the fairy realm, there's a lot of things to wade through there as far as different perceptions and different things that have been um, spoken to be as truth. But Really, it's so much more complex than people understand. And that's why, for me, when I work with it, I refer to it as an energy or a frequency, as opposed to, oh, it's a race or a type of being, because then people can get very confused and, again, immediately imagine, oh, little like flying, you know, flying creatures, which um, fairies, when people think of fairies as small, it's because when we view them from beyond the veil, from the other side of the veil, they appear small, perhaps, to a certain seeing eye perception, but they're actually not. Um, There are a lot of people, humans, that are very, very, very much connected um, viscerally to this energy in their own physicality so they can express more even in their human form as having this energy. And most of the beings that have that know it to some degree, even if it's just an intuition or... um, Uh, a very deep passion for this material outside of the mind. So like a kind of, we could say a soul call to it or a um, just a very deep interest. Um, Most people, even when they don't have a mental understanding of what the fairy realm is or what the fae are, they still can feel something within themselves that deeply resonates and wants to know more. And I often find that those are the people that will find their way to me in my work. And it's a really beautiful thing to experience um, how we, we tend to find one another. Mm. <laughs> those of us who have that very deep connection to these realms, even if we don't, if we haven't fully reclaimed the remembrance of that in our physicality. At this point in my work, I can recognize people that have a stronger connection to the elves, people who have a stronger connection to the fairies. There are many different, we could say lesser immortals. So, you know, a lot of people know about gods in the pantheons and mythological traditions, but there are also the lesser immortals, the nymphs, the dryads, the oreads, the nixies. You know, some people call them the little people. And so mm. it's a, it's a stretch beyond our imagination to really place our belief that there are invisible worlds that coexist with the worlds of humans and that they have always existed. Um, and you know, that in some ways that means that we are always walking amongst them. Um, just not everyone has the sight to see and understand that in the same way.
0: Right. Um, sometimes when I go into our forest, I live right by the forest. I, um, come to a place where I feel like I'm not supposed to enter any further because it's no mm-hmm. longer a space for humans it's It's a space for the fairies is what I sense and for the animals too
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when once i I didn't listen and I went down a path anyways but i I just constantly had this feeling of I shouldn't be here <laughs> so. Yes. There is this connection between fairies and nature, right?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, very much so. And that's amazing that you felt that and that you, you brought that up because it's very true that um, there are many places in nature that are very well protected and guarded by these by these realms and these beings. And Um, That's why sometimes, you know, you'll hear me talking about why it is so important to use discernment and use respect and reverence when um, wanting to connect beyond the veil. Because, you know, I've certainly had very challenging learning experiences of um, not necessarily using respect and reverence and kind of just in a very sort of gullible or um, maybe not gullible, but maybe just a little bit ignorant way and just kind of forging ahead and not... Um, not really having the the understanding that any sort of realm or dimension beyond the veil has a different working order than the human world they have different rules they have different ways of being um, you know i've i've had people joke around with me ab- about my quote unquote sort of expressions of fairy energy in my own life so for instance fairies don't really have a sense of property or ownership. So they will often just take things. It's just a funny thing. It's why things will disappear and people will kind of joke around, um, oh, oh, you know, the fairies took it or the fairies stole it. And even when I was younger, I, I had that quality in myself of like, just not really having a sense of ownership or property. And no, it was never something that was rude per se, or um, intentional, like done in an intentionally rude way. Like, let me take this that doesn't belong to me. But that's a very sort of um, quality uh, associated with with fairies in some ways. So they have <laughs> very different ways of being. They have different boundaries. A lot of those, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of the old stories and like myths, you will read, literally read stories of fairies, um, raping people, raping one another because they don't have the same kind of sexual boundaries that we understand as human beings in in a lot of those worlds. and so it requires a lot of discernment to communicate with them and also an understanding that respect of really giving offerings and coming from a, a very um, pure place of staying open and not moving from personal agenda is really important. A lot of people want to connect with these realms uh, for perhaps their own purposes or because it seems exciting, glamorous, and seductive. And I can tell you, it's not always that it can be quite intense and dangerous <laughs> if one doesn't have guidance or understanding of, um, yeah, just really moving from a very deep heart centered space and, um, releasing preconceived notions and, and perceptions in a way. Um, so just to kind of circle back around to your question, as far as nature goes, yes, um, there are places in nature that are very well protected by the fairy realms. And sometimes, you know, I've even had experiences similar to you as not really listening to my own intuition and perhaps um, tampering with something that wasn't meant to be tampered with. And, you know, having like a funny experience of something happening as a result of that. And uh, it took a long time for me to understand what was happening in those moments and how to respect when say, there's a place in nature that is meant to be kept very, very sacred. And um, you know, the they fairies do not like when humans mess with <laughs> with their sacred spaces, especially from a space of ignorance, um, versus, oh, okay, perhaps if the human is curious and just wanting to explore and has good intentions, they might not be as mischievous in, you know, how they handle that that situation.
0: Hmm. So it sounds like um, there's a lot of uh, caution and reverence necessary when interacting with these fairy realms. Why would we want to interact with the fairy realms in the first place? And does the fairy realm want humans to come into contact with them again?
1: You know, this is kind of where I would say this topic, gets a little more controversial and that even for me, um, putting this course out there was was very edgy because I understand the controversial opinions, and that there will be some people that perhaps do not like that I'm speaking about this so openly. Um, which it came about through, I'll just say, a a long period of. Um, just really waiting for proper timing and really praying and asking for guidance around this and asking for permission. So it certainly was not a reckless move on my part. And there are risks in and of itself of sharing some of this material, but I'm really um, doing so from a place that's very deeply guided and in a very sort of discerning, safe, and to some degree, simple container compared to you know what is accessible in these realms. So Um, What I will say is that the more that humans begin to awaken to their true nature, the more consciousness starts to um, awaken within us and evolve and grow and shift on this planet, more and more people... Are becoming attuned to their multi-dimensional nature, to their ability to see and work beyond the veil, and they're reconnecting to their true essence. And that means that we start to reconnect to the understanding um, that goes far beyond this mundane reality and that knows ourselves as divine beings who are connected to so many other dimensions beyond just the ones that we see with our seeing eye. And so as humans come into that consciousness, once again, um, the connections that we used to have with these different beings, and you know, some mystery schools say races beyond the veil, but it's kind of a charged word. So I try to be careful using that word, but we could just say different types of beings, um, and energies. So fairies, elves, unicorns, dragons. So as that's happening, and more people are humbling themselves to study this. Um, remembrance within their own soul and to become conduits for divine energy on this planet to sort of become a bridge of heaven and earth, those beings want to help us. Within that framework, they very much want um, union and peace on this planet, not just in our human realms, but in these other realms and dimensions beyond the veil as well. Um, Many of them used to walk amongst humans. And then there were certain corruptions and distortions that made it impossible. And so there, there were choices that had to be made within that. But we're coming into a time where a lot of these ancient ways of being, or what are considered ancient ways of being, where we live amongst these other dimensions and beings very peacefully and um, co-inhabit this incredible, beautiful, multi- multi-dimensional planet, um, really honoring her wisdom in all of her medicines, the more that that is happening, the more these beings are searching for those who are open to receive the knowledge and the remembrance. Um, those beings who are open to working with them in a very respectful, reverent way, not for um, selfish human means, not for power or greed or money or anything like that—that that, you know—is coming from these corrupted paradigms of illusion and distortion. But for those who are truly passionate. About our planet and about this Earth, about Gaia and about nature, and about serving her, and not just serving ourselves, but really um, opening to what it means to be of deep service on this planet in this this time of great awakening. fairies and and other energies beyond the veil very much want to work with us in that. Um Of course, in some ways, it might be on their terms, <laughs> you know, and on some uh, on some levels, but mm-hmm. they are, you know, they, they can be certainly very benevolent in that they can be very mischievous as well. And certainly, if they are insulted, you know, they will make that very well known. Um, so I've, you know, I've had my own kind of tests and lessons in these realms and initiations that even led me to feel, um, courageous enough to hold this course. So, and I'm still working with that, but essentially, um, we could say that some of them do, some of them don't, and it really depends on the intention of the humans that are around them or wanting to connect with them or not. Um, so as far as why we would want to connect with them, I mean, it, it kind of ties into what I just shared and that. My experience is that this human our human reality um there there are limitations within it because we have so much conditioning we're unraveling there is so much um, just distortion like I mentioned that comes from certain mindsets and certain energies that have been kind of implanted in our planet and in our consciousness to keep us from understanding and knowing the truth and Right now there's a huge shift happening and there are many, many energies beyond the veil that are supporting us, whether we know it or not, in remembering the truth and shedding these illusory perceptions and the conditioning that we've inherited that teaches us to be disconnected from our true nature, to be disconnected from intimacy with one another in the earth, to be divorced from this natural remembrance within our bodies, within our sensuality, within our, you know, we could say the eros or the wisdom of the heart. Um, within those places, we have everything we need to really shift things on this planet um, for good in a very deep and profound way. And, there are secrets woven into these dimensions, and these that these beings beyond the veil hold that really um, are are here to help and serve us as humans, especially for those who truly have that in their blueprint of being here on this planet to be, you know, to be a bridge in this time. So um, my my experience is that the more that we work multi-dimensionally in that way, the more we have access to our own superhuman abilities, our own. and I don't mean in a, in a power kind of way, but what is the point of accessing those gifts? You know It's to really be of service. It's to use them of service. It's not to use them for selfish means. And we have access to them more, the more we really open humbly to working beyond the veil with these different beings.
0: Yeah, I think a big part in what you're saying is recognizing that there's so much to this world that we do not know. And there's so much potential when we open up to all of these other realms and what they can teach us, but also how we can become channels for them in order to uplift humanity in our own ways. Because the gifts that you're talking about, they can be so different for each person. Some of us are healers. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are mothers and some of us are artists and musicians. And this is reminding me of something that um, today's featured musician said to me because I I decided that I'd like to feature a song of Aviva Le Faze. And I asked her, does your name have anything to do with a fairy realms? Because wouldn't that be cool? And uh, she said, "Um, yes, absolutely, Aviva of the fairies, that's the origin. For me, it's a nod to my understanding that the songs really come through me and don't belong to me. Aviva Lafay is a singer-songwriter, born and raised and based in the Bay Area. Aviva sings heart songs, some for love lost and others for humanity lost, um, The song I'd like to share today is called Bite My Tongue from her debut album, love Sick*, which just came out this July. Love Sick* is a sad romantic journey through a beautiful waking dream. It's both the dark end of the street and the promise of a stunning sunset. It's the gut-wrenching feeling when you know that your first love won't be forever. It's the song of the morning dove, somber, Gorgeous and resigned to a future of longing. There's one quote that I recently read that I just want to leave you with before playing the song. Longing is not a lack, but a resource. To Aviva's Bandcamp and Patreon page in the show notes. She also let me know that she has a show coming up on December 4th in San Francisco. So, for any of you in that area listening on time, go check it out. And now, back to today's interview with Christina. Let's dive into that connection between the fairy realm and our central nature. You you briefly mentioned um that there's also an aspect of deepening our intimacy with nature and also with each other. And so this kind of brings us to the topic of your course, She Alchemy, Fairy, Sex and Relationships. How does working with the fairy realm tie into these areas of Eros and our heart center? and uh, intimacy with nature?
1: So this is like one of my favorite topics. And it's only, you know, it's one that I have over time become more comfortable speaking about more simply through my own experiences. And the more I've opened up and sharing about them, the more people have just come out of the woodwork, um, showing so much interest and desire to experience the kind of liberation that comes when we reclaim our intimacy with nature. And, that reflects our reclamation of our intimacy with one another, because in in a similar way, if we can't be intimate with ourselves, how will we be able to be truly intimate with a partner? You know, there's a saying, I, I can't remember the exact saying, but it's essentially like someone can only show up for you in a way that they've showed up for themselves, and so the same thing kind of goes for intimacy, and in that. If we are disconnected from the natural world, we're disconnected from our bodies because our bodies are made up of all of the elements that we see surrounding us, Um, even... How the ear itself on our body is a map of the entire body, so there 's a microcosmic macrocosmic connection between every single fractal of our being and our body with every fractal of nature. You see patterns that are very similar woven throughout nature, as you see woven throughout our physica- our physicality, our bodies, our cellular structures, our organs, um, you know our bodies are universes unto themselves. And when we're disconnected from the power and the magic of that and the ability to explore that very openly and very freely without shame and without um, conditioning, without guilt, there is so much that opens up through that. And and that is on the most simple level, even just exploring our own bodies. And then what I've found when it comes to nature is that if we can give ourselves permission to be more in tune with the elements of nature, it automatically allows us to come into greater harmony within our own bodies. So, as we harmonize with the elements outside of us, we harmonize the elements within us. So, fire, water, earth, wind, or air, you know, all of these elements that are in our outer environment are also in our bodies, in our organ systems, in our channels. And so when we begin to reconnect to that externally um, in, a, in a sensual way of allowing our senses to truly reawaken, what that immediately does is it connects us to our ability to be deeply present, to be surrendered, to be in an intimate state with something outside of you know, being stuck in our minds or in our fears or in our thought patterns. Instead, we come into this very embodied state of presence when we immerse, say, in nature and open ourselves to her more intimately. And that doesn't have to look like sex. Of course, it can simply look like being out in nature, standing barefoot on the earth and really feeling the earth underneath our feet or climbing a tree and lying on the tree and just breathing and connecting with the energy of the tree. Um, These are, you know, actually these were forms of medicines in ancient shamanic traditions and cultures throughout all of the world um, really all of the deepest healing secrets come back to connecting with nature and connecting to the medicines in nature. And as we do that, it sheds so much of the conditioning that has caused disease and disconnection within ourselves and within you know, our, our outer relationships. Because if we're disconnected to ourselves, to our own physical bodies, if we're running on autopilot, if we're distracted, if we're wrapped up in unnecessary distractions and we're not present within our own embodied sense of the world and our sensual experience of it, we're not going to be able to connect with other beings truly. We will be very in our heads. We'll be very, you know, just kind of like um, skimming the surface. And then we certainly are are not going to be <laughs> open to touching any of the, the mysteries of the universe or all of the incredible gifts
0: that are at our disposal. Yeah, um, when we're talking about communicating with these beings beyond the veil, it sounds like something that's happening outside of our bodies, but really, in order to be able to communicate with the furry realms, we need to come back into our bodies and into our heart center, because that's where our intuition lives.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's a very important point because a lot of people believe that connecting to the cosmos is this, you know, going up and out, and, you know, our crown opens and we have this incredible expansive experience. And you hear all this talk about ascension, but it doesn't quite operate that way. It's more about embodiment, it's more about coming down and into our bodies. And through that healing of that relationship and truly anchoring into ourselves and into our physicality, our expanded consciousness our cosmic intelligence naturally opens and we begin to have these extrasensory abilities that we cannot find through disembodied forms of awakening where you know you're sitting in a transcendental state for hours on end that's that's really not um I mean that maybe it is for some people but for me I have found that it really is coming coming into the awakening of of our our being through our bodies through healing our bodies and our relationship to them and opening all of those sensory pathways, um, that is what actually I've found most quickly um, allows those gifts to awaken within us so that we can experience these
0: multidimensional realities. And yeah, these multidimensional realities and also our um, physical reality ever more intensely. So um, this fairy energy have a sensual or even sexual element to it. I'm I'm also remembering these scenes in the book of The Mists of Avalon where um, the human person that was taken into the fairy realms and lost track of time there was also spending a lot of time just making love and music and having maybe even orgies. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get I get where you're going with it. Yes, you know, my experience, and I will share again that perhaps there are different perceptions, but my experience of fairy energy and similar energies um, beyond the veil is it is very sensual, it is very physical, it is very sexual. There's a lot of expression, there's a lot of sensual revelry, there's a lot of, you know, enjoy, truly enjoying the senses um, without... Fear and shame and guilt, and all of these different kind of um, strict um rules that keep us from being in play and joy. It took me a long time to understand the connection between my connection to these realms and how, from a very young age i 've always been a very sexual being you know have having very, very young memories of well i 'll just say exploring the energy of eros and 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 sex and like sexuality in my own body. Um, from, you know, like three or even earlier than that. And I'm, I've actually had people kind of come out of the woodwork now since I've, uh, sent out a newsletter and posted about that, sharing things about, um, perhaps their childhood or their children's childhood. And I'm seeing all these little funny connections pop up around fairy energy and this very nature oriented way of being with this, um, incredible natural tendency to sensuality. Where there's a lot less limitations. um, And that can be both exciting and challenging, you know, to our human brains that have always learned like, well, propriety and, (laughs) you know, certain, like, you just don't do that. You just don't. um, Life is like you have to work and then play. It's not the other way around. And and to me, I think it should be the other way around. Like, what, what is the purpose of this life if we are just immersing ourselves in, um, distractions, and you know, really like focusing on the negative, and being um, in constant work mode. And of course, working is in, is a part of life. Money is a part of life. All of these things, struggles, we can't escape that. But h- how can we bring these um, these elements that are such a natural part of of these other realms? into our own experience and allow it to open us to a new way of being that perhaps could just um, really amplify our ability to even in enjoy the things that we wouldn't normally enjoy, you know, mm. and, and find sensuality in places we wouldn't normally find it.
0: Oh, that is such a good point. That is the medicine that we need so much. And now it's clicking for me. Like I get why, the fairy realms have something to teach us. Yes. So in your course, you're also going to be teaching about um, awakening our sensuality and our sexuality and union with nature. Do you have a few practices that you could share with our audience? You know, I I kind of have become... (laughs)
1: well known for like posting photos that most people would find edgy I'm not fully naked but certainly you know you can tell that I'm immersed um nude or naked in nature and I I have a practice where really especially if I'm struggling with something or if I'm in you know the um the difficulties of this mundane life which regardless of what the struggle is if I'm if I'm feeling depression if I'm feeling uninspired, if I have gone through a bad breakup, anything really, my medicine is to go find a space where I can be naked in nature. And just to feel the elements on my skin, to immerse in rivers naked, to be in the forest, um, it certainly brings an edginess for for those who have never experienced it of, oh my gosh, am I going to be caught? Like What's going to happen? Is this safe? And it brings up... Um, the opportunity to release aspects of our being that have been so domesticated and remember our wildness and remember our capacity to hear the intelligence of the earth um, and to feel it through the sonar and radar in our physical bodies as we attune to the elements, as we feel the rivers and the winds and the trees and the dirt beneath our feet. It awakens something very primal within us that gives us permission to release all of these um, imposed uh, structures and guidelines that we feel that are a part of being human, that we have to be a certain way, we have to be viewed a certain way, we have to behave a certain way. And a lot of times those limitations keep us from truly connecting with others and with ourselves. And so for me, when I get out naked in nature, there's such a, a freedom and a liberation that comes in such a deep stillness um, I mean, I, I will find both stillness and bliss in those experiences of being naked in nature without some transcendental meditation exercise, without some, oh, I have to go to a 10-day meditation retreat. I just simply go out into nature for a day and I give myself space to be out there naked. And in that time period, I will you know, certainly experience deeper states of um, meditation and much more authentic states of bliss than I have ever found through any elaborate practice through, you know, spiritual traditions and lineages and such. And so I always start with that simple, um, tip of if you don't, if you have never been (laughs) naked in nature, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend, you know, going to a river, being naked in the water, Um, really just allowing yourself to surrender and to feel the sensual aspects of that. And oftentimes people will come back to me and say, oh my gosh, I just, I've never experienced something so healing. And so that is a really good, simple place to start. And um, something I like to guide others around is what some people might refer to as planetary tantra, but it's, that's kind of a very advanced way of saying um, connecting our sensual and sexual energy to the life force of the earth. And that can be as simple as finding a place in nature that feels, um, that calls to the soul or, or to the spirit in some way, whether it's a forest or an ocean, finding a place to lay down on the earth. And, um, really co- like connecting a breath circuit down into the rhythms of the earth and of Gaia as if she were a lover. So when you hear about these tantric practices of sitting in a certain position and having a breath circuit with a partner, you do that with the earth. You lie down, you connect your heart. If you're a woman in your womb or for a man, their hara, their lower dantian, you connect those energy centers down into the core of the earth just simply using breath, and you create a circuit and you just breathe with the earth. And um, I've actually had people have very profound sensual awakening experiences simply through doing this and connecting to the earth rhythms and biorhythms and the frequencies coming through that um, deep connection. It actually can reprogram
0: our bodies. Mm, I love that. It ties in with visions and fantasies that I've had personally, one of them being tending the land naked. That's some kind of a, a wish that I have. Um And lately, more and more, mm, this image of real muddy earth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just have this desire to cover myself in it naked and put it all over my body. Yes. I live in a really densely populated area, and um, this summer for me, the I'd say the next level that I was able to go to was to go on a nature hike without any underpants on and find a spot where I could lay in the sun and lift my skirt up so that at least my yoni could be in the sun for a little while. Yes, I love Yoni Sunning. Yeah, so the, the uh, that aspect of it being a densely populated area and usually running into somebody walking their dog, I haven't really found a solution for that yet.
1: Yes, I, I certainly have been um, caught naked in nature. I will definitely say that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, and the practice that you're sharing, I love how accessible it is. You don't need a partner, I mean, a human partner to engage With the energy of the earth in that way. And it reminds me of um, an image that came to me in my morning practice. I um, was also inhaling through my root and um, wanting to bring some earth energy into my womb and, um, you know, squeezing Mm -hmm. the pelvic floor. And then I imagined. Um, a yoni egg. I don't own one. I don't own one of these crystals, but um, that image turned into the earth as if viewed from from outer space. it was like the the earth was my yoni egg, and just visualizing that, I wasn't even out in nature. I was inside of my apartment. I could already tune into um some life force. yes, so I'll definitely go out and try what you what you suggested.
1: Yeah, I, based off of that vision, I think there would be a very innate capacity to connect to um, Gaia's life force in that way. And you know, I, I think a lot of people use yoni eggs and tools like that. And I'm, I think it's wonderful if that's something that you know someone resonates with, because certainly the stones have certain resonance with um, earth frequencies. But it can be so simple, you know. It really can be, and um, I think people like to complicate it, but. I've I've just really experienced in my own life and also with others the most simple um experiences when engaged with with full presence and full awareness and just really allowing our bodies to um have permission to
0: explore so much can open up from that. It's an entire new area of sensuality and sexuality where yeah Of course, sex with a partner is something that everybody's heard of. Um, Becoming intimate with yourself might be even harder for others. But to think of being intimate with nature is um, probably going to be really mind-blowing and eye-opening for many people
1: yeah yeah and you know it's funny it's um what seems such a new concept once people begin to work with it is so innate Mm -hmm. it's almost like there's a homecoming that happens and a remembrance of oh this is just right this is how it's always been it's just that we've been um kind of blocked from our um remembrance of it in so many ways and that is definitely by design you know because there's so much power in reclaiming this and You know, understanding that to be a like a sexually awakened or sensually awakened being, one does not need a partner. Um, I was uh, celibate for eighteen months and working with these nature based practices, and had more creative energy pouring through my being than I have ever had in my life. Um, Birthed a course very quickly in that time. Amplified my business, moved into my own home, you know, paying a lot more money than I ever have before in my life, and all of these shifts came without a partner to amplify my creative and sexual energy.
0: Mm. And at the same time, your course is also going to be about um, not only our relationship with nature, but also our interhuman relationships. Um, so, how can these earth based Awakening practices support our human relationships.
1: Yes, yeah. My experience has been that the more I have worked with um, earth medicine and earth based awakening and um, sensuality based awakening with nature. What I have experienced um, through everything from, yes, actually working with nature immersion and certain tools and practices, but also just simply working with plant spirit medicines, what I experience in myself and also in others and clients and those around me who also um, work with this is that there's an incredible capacity to begin to understand Patterns and um, because of the patterns that live within nature, to understand patterns in ourselves and in others and in our relationships as we begin to work with Gaia and with plant spirit medicines, our capacity to heal um, patterns and perhaps, you know, we could say patterns of dysfunction in relationships really, really shifts because, in a lot of ways, um, you know, there are so many secrets and tools within nature to heal dysfunction at the very root, right? So not like say a prescription drug that heals a symptom. Working with plant spirit medicines and Gaia, earth medicine, earth magic, it takes us to the very root of our elemental nature, which means that we can shift patterns and ways of being at their energetic root, at their spiritual, emotional root. It allows for a much deeper, more comprehensive healing Of those types of dysfunction and trauma that often sabotage our human relationships because there's something within ourselves, whether it's from childhood trauma or abuse or past um, challenges in relationship where we have shut down and closed our heart. And our heart is our, it's the key Mm. to so much um, of our ability to relate deeply with not just other, um, not just nature and all of life, but obviously other humans. You know, if we can't have a heart to heart connection with someone, our connection with them will be skin deep. And so a lot of people have closed their hearts because they are afraid of pain and hurt and betrayal because they've experienced that or they've experienced some form of separation from divine energy and from love. And so, with a closed heart, it's very hard to have deep, intimate connections with others. And um, you know, within the secrets of nature and Gaia and plants, there is such an innate heart consciousness and an ability that plants have to communicate um, with the, the heart frequencies, the heart energies, or we could say like the heart sonar, the heart, you know the the um, the very vibrations of the heart center. Um, are very much intrinsically connected to the frequencies emitting from Gaia. And because plants do not have the same conditioning that we have, they don't have the same inhibitions, they don't have the same... Um, traumas and hurts. Of course, they have their own experiences as, as, um, devas or spirit beings, but they don't have as much blockage around communication on the heart level. And what I have found is that makes them very, very good at helping us heal matters of the heart, makes them very wise at helping us heal. Blockages of sexual energy because um, there is so much proliferation and abundance and fertility within nature that it naturally awakens that within us and allows us to come into deeper um, intimacy with our own sexuality and also deeper intimacy with heart based relationships with other humans. Uh. And I will definitely say that I have um, experienced incredible shifts in myself and others through working with very specific. Um, plant spirits, and um, earth medicine or earth magic rituals that are focused around healing very specific, fine-tuned challenges, whether it's codependent relationships, um, unrequited love. Um, I've really seen um, people shift very painful patterns on the emotional, spiritual, and energetic level working with um, just plant medicine alone. Wow.
0: There's going to be so much uh, to dive into and to learn in this course of yours, which actually is um, still open for registration when this uh, episode releases, would you like to share just a brief overview of the course um, in case any of our listeners are interested in joining? Yes,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. So the course information can all be found at shealchemy.com and that's S-I-D-H-E alchemy.com. And so it's a seven week course that will have um, both live classes where we get on like video recorded classes together and and those will be very deeply held sort of group um, healing classes. So it'll be both transmission based and also I will share a lot of information and um, there will also be recorded classes. And so through those seven weeks, there'll just be a lot that comes through, a lot that gets shared, both um, as far as like mental knowledge goes and also transmission-based um, frequencies and energies around these topics. So I, I work very much on a transmission base in my work, which means that um, I'm a very energetic being. So I really open up a strong container for energetic shifts through my work. And so we, we will work with um, receiving these frequencies and opening to them so it can shift things on a DNA um, level and on a soul level, as opposed to just receiving mental information uh, for the mind. But then, of course, we'll also talk about things and get into all the juiciness. So I'll, I'll share about relationships in nature. I'll share about all of the kind of interweaving connections of that. We'll go deeper into that. I'll talk about safely parting the veil um alchemical intimacy and all the different ways that shows up in relationships and in nature how to work with that and i'll definitely go really deep into what we've been sharing about today more so um nature is lover and all the different sort of soulful and sensual awakening opportunities there are through working with eros in union with gaia and definitely there'll be more specific um modules and sharings around the fairy energy that we've been speaking to fairy magic and you know really um sort of what we could say ancient mythological secrets that are wanting to come through the container of this course, specifically in the realms of cultivating um, deeper relationships and intimacy, both with our, you know, in our human relationships, but also with, you know, um, non-human relationships and with the earth and with just life in general. And so I would like to leave registration open for a couple days after the podcast comes out, just to leave a little room for, for people to come in if they feel called after they listen. But the intention is to start on the um, full moon in Taurus this month, and then it will go through about Christmas time here in the Northern Hemisphere. So it's about seven, seven weeks, give or take. And Everyone can go at their own pace with the material, but there'll be a group forum that we'll be on together. Um, There's opportunity to work with me one-on-one and everybody will receive a personalized alchemical plant spirit essence. And it'll just be kind of a a full spectrum
0: way to dive into this material. So, so rich, so unique. And um, I'm really excited that you're offering this. Um, Christina, what are some other ways that we can connect with you and find out more about your work? Because I know that you are so, so multifaceted in your teachings. You also teach a lot about the feminine mystery traditions. And um, there's really something in it for for many people. And I feel like especially um, the sisterhood that this podcast is calling together.
1: Yes, yeah. So I, I do work a lot in the feminine mystical traditions and in the realms of feminine embodiment and um, the priestess path and the feminine mysteries, um, the sisterhood of the rose. I'm very connected to all of those lineages. And so I, I do a lot of deep one-on-one work with women in private mentorship and apprenticeship where I create a customized container for um, my clients to go very deep with me. So it'll be kind of a blend of multidimensional healing um, coaching, which I kind of call it more like soul midwifery. Um, I'm also in those personalized containers. And also on its own, if people are really drawn to that work, I can do very deep um, psychic surgery clearing work. Some people refer to it as astral exorcism, which is a little intense, but basically it's a very deep psychic clearing. And I'm able to do that remotely. So a lot of people get drawn to me for that work. Um, To kind of clear things out that aren't in resonance with their soul's true essence, which there's a lot of that in our world more so than people understand. So just, you know, interdimensional interference and kind of just um, there can be a lot of distortion that blocks us from our, our soul mission. So I really love to hold a deep container for those who are drawn to align with their true essence. And I'll send them personalized remedies. I'll work with them very deeply in that time. And I've, that is my favorite way to work. Cause I just see such rich and deep transformation in my clients that way. And I also have other courses that I lead. I just, and this is the one that is currently coming out.
0: Well, I'll be sure to link to your website and your Instagram in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you
1: you know, I'm really grateful to be here. And if
0: anyone, you know, is is interested
1: in call to this material, and perhaps, you know, wants to know more specifically has specific questions around working with some of these areas and elements that we've spoken to, then I definitely am super open to people reaching out to me, even if they maybe are not necessarily wanting to join the course this time around. I, I love just opening myself up to, um, to share and to be of service however I can be.
0: Well, I feel like what you've shared today on this call is already an amazing resource. I am really thankful and I feel honored to have had you on the show.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's a really amazing opportunity. And I'm just so excited to be able to share this information in such a way with, um, with a podcast that feels so resonant with my own missions.
0: Thank you so much for joining us in this wild garden and listening to today's show. I love connecting with my listeners and hearing about what insights you gained. Feel free to leave a comment below the show notes on floweringshe.com and be sure to follow me on Instagram at floweringsherose. If you like this podcast, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and I'll be sure to send you some extra fairy dust. From my blossoming heart and my buzzing womb to yours, i